This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. On Wednesday, March 25th, this is another very special edition of Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions. I'm Stan Friedman, and today, as always, I thank my sponsors for their participation in making this podcast possible, enabling me to bring this information to you. But this week, as last, we are going to once again dispel with the usual front of the house birthday greetings and commercials. As we all know, we are in the second week of some very unusual times and uncharted waters. And special times call for special circumstances, so today, I'm going to once again thank Transitive and Zoracle spot-on profile along with FRM Solutions, for their continued support. But I'm going to also forego airing their commercial messages so that we can go straight to the heart of what's gripped us all and continues to frighten a great many. Of course, I'm talking about COVID-19, this global pandemic that has polarized us all as franchisors, franchisees, suppliers, as individuals, and even as a society. Today, I'm going to invite Mike Drum into the conversation. Mike is a franchise lawyer and friend, and together we're going to discuss some of the immediate legal implications that this moment in time is having on our businesses and our lives, and to look ahead to the extent that we can to what franchisors need to be considering as pertains to FDD renewals, as like it or not, we're in the thick of the season. And there are long-term implications to the current events that need to be considered as well. Drum2 has built his practice, which consists of 24 attorneys, on a virtual basis and has some insightful tips to share about how to operate one's business remotely, which could have some powerful and meaningful implications for all of us now, as we all find ourselves just a week into what could be a much longer need to remain socially separated. So a bit more about Mike Drum. Before founding Drum Law, Mike wore a suit and a tie every day and worked in a large national law firm. What he is most proud of today is being the father of three young kids and hearing the following statement when he meets people, and I quote, you don't remind me of a lawyer. Mike is continually recognized as a Franchise Times Magazine Illegal Legal, an 1851 franchise legal player, and is a designated CFE, an accomplished entrepreneur, and business founder of startup businesses of his own, including Party O'Clock, a revolutionary DJ company for parties and special events. Mike Drum, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks for having me, Stan. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> That's a talk radio hallmark, right? You bet. Well, appreciate you being here with us, Mike. Man, we are in some wild and crazy times, and crazy times call for a second week in a row having an attorney on my podcast. Don't think I've done that in five years' time, but here we are. And, you know, we're going to talk about a few things today, not the least of which is, is for 10 years you've been building a business in the virtual world of working from home, albeit not with three kids around all the time. But we're going to get to all that after we get to a little bit of what's going on in the current day as this coronavirus COVID-19 continues to grab us all and polarize us, not only as an industry, but as a country and as, as a people. But let's first give the audience a snapshot of you, Mike, and tell everybody who it is Mike Drum is and when and how he got involved 
in franchising. Thanks, Dan. Um, and it's funny, my introduction, especially at franchise trade shows, is, hi, I'm Mike Drum, franchise attorney. I'm sorry. So I understand the sentiment towards my profession. <laughs> so we're with you on that one. And then I think one of the topics of my talk, which I'm going to go today, is I'd rather be lucky than smart. And that tracks down to my deciding to have a virtual law firm and getting into the franchise space. Um, once again, luck has been great in that regard, and I'm thankful for that. Drum Law is a virtual firm. We turned 10 in October. I work with a lot of franchisors, and I'd kind of like to jump into how I became a franchise lawyer. It was uh, 2005, and I just got my first legal job at a San Antonio law firm, and I lived near this small startup business called Massage Heights, and I remember they had a $29.99 massage, and it was a block from my house. So being stressed as a young lawyer, I remember walking in. And of course, while I'm waiting, chatting with the person behind the desk, and they actually was one of the owners, and they said, oh, well, what do you do? I go, I'm a lawyer. And they go, well, do you do franchising? Because we're looking for a franchise lawyer. And I'm like, absolutely. Thinking, <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to be a franchise lawyer, but that's tomorrow's problem. And uh, that was kind of my journey to being a franchise lawyer. Uh, the company was Massage Heights, and uh, we've been working with them for over 15 years. And I can honestly say they're the reason why I am where I am today. And I'm grateful for that, too. You know, there are no coincidences, and that's story is great every time I hear it, and it's equally as great whether I hear it from you or from Shane. There's absolutely consistency in how the story is told. Shane takes credit for turning you into a franchise lawyer, and you give credit to Shane for doing it, so that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, and if you have to pick your first franchisor, she was amazing to work with. We got to grow together, and I think she benefited from my, if I've drank a bottle of wine in the attorney lounge, all your legal advice is free, and uh, she really enjoyed that. Well, Great stuff. So listen, a little levity at the beginning of this interview is a good thing. We are in some really scary and crazy times. And I want to call on you today to help the audience with some things that you said that you've been doing for more than 10 years, operating a business in a virtual environment. And you've got a top 10 hit list that we're going to ask you to share with the audience a little further down the road. But I'd like to at first begin with some insights from you about where we are now. I mean, a week ago, I had Robert Crisanti on and we, uh, we talked also with Charles Intercola, franchise attorney, about some advice he was offering up then for franchisors who may not yet have started thinking about the conversations they needed to begin having with their franchisees. And so he served up some very insightful ideas about how to get those conversations going about royalty abatements and doing whatever it is that one can do to help franchisees in these dire times. We're a week into this crisis now of social separation and virtually working from home to the extent that there's work to do. Franchising is in a crazy place right now, Mike. And I want your insights now that many businesses are a week into being dark. What do you see? Where are we? From your perspective, what are you seeing right now and where do you see this heading? So I think the first thing I like to say is everyone needs to take a deep breath, just good practical advice, right? Because of the unprecedented time that we are in. It reminded me of a quick story I had of a client two days ago. They called me and they said, hey, we want to help our franchisees. One of our owners just did an announcement on a conference call and said, we are are with dropping the royalty down to 4%. And they have a four, actually have a 5% royalty and a 2% ad fund. And the other owner said, well, hey, I'm glad that we did this, but what does that mean? That did we drop the ad fund? Did we drop the royalty? Did we defer? And the answer is we don't know. So that's why I like to take the deep breath. Let's figure out how we can help, but do it appropriately. So your franchisees know we're going to have words like royalty waiver, royalty deferment. Are you going to delay? Are you going to defer? 
what is your strategy? It's funny, I keep thinking of Forrest Gump at this time, Stan, which is a movie that you know you don't usually think about in modern times, I'm guessing, but Forrest is on the shrimp boat with Lieutenant Dan. They're not doing great, but all of a sudden the storm hits and Forrest's shrimp boat, Jenny, is the only boat left on the water and therefore they are the most successful shrimping boat there is. And I think that's something to keep in mind is we have to survive this storm so that our shrimp boat can float when the sun comes out and the clouds part, right? So we have to look at short-term survival franchisors, both for their business and for their franchisees business. And I think the next tip we're gonna look at is flexibility. We love system standards as a franchisor. We love a lot of control. Well, when the governor shuts down any in-service dining, there has to be flexibility so that your franchisees can ride out that storm. And you as a franchisor, I need to communicate that you're on board to try to help them the best way you can. What about some of those franchisors out there, Mike, that are relatively new themselves? I mean, what do you say to an emerging franchisor who doesn't yet have hundreds of locations around the world? These guys are now faced with the inability to collect revenue from existing franchisees at the same time as franchise sales comes to a complete standstill. So great question, Stan. Talking to the new guys, there are going to be some benefits to being new here and some disadvantages. For the new people, work on your corporate stores if you have them. Hopefully, you're in a situation where you can try to weather the franchise storm by using your corporate stores. That's what we see a lot of small franchisors. They have those corporate stores that are do that did great, and that's what encouraged them to actually franchise. Now, once again, if we're in a situation where our corporate store is shut down as well, we may have to start looking at other options. And I have a step one, step two presentation I work on for businesses this week and next week. It's ask for help. If you owe money to anyone, including your lawyers, your landlord's bank, now is the time to reach out because they want to keep you as a client. And if you go out of business, you won't be a client. So cash is king and reach out. And I like step one. Don't look at the documents. Don't look up things like force majeure yet. Don't look at casualty. Let's just see if we can get by with a little help from our friends uh, is what I like to point to in that and see what options are available. You can always look at step two on any monetary obligation then for those key words like force majeure, casualty, because cash is king right now. You need to stay liquid, you need to stay afloat, uh, especially as a new franchisor. Now, I also wanna bring up an opportunity though. When the clouds part and the sun comes out, there will be a lot of opportunity for certain franchisors. Not every business, unfortunately, is gonna make it through this. Uh, they weren't well capitalized or they didn't have a good plan or just unfortunately, this is kind of the world we live in and good businesses will go out of business. But what that will lead to is a lot of open real estate. You're going to find a lot of equipment available. So as a new franchisor, I would, or a young franchisor, I would be thinking about opportunity as well as preservation. What can I do? Because if there is a failed business that's similar to mine, can I put a, a new franchisee in there for pennies on the dollar when the timing is right? And look at your business model. For instance, if you are that in-premise dining restaurant, maybe it's time to think about an express to go option in a smaller footprint. So preservation and look for the long-term opportunity stand. And communication, as you said, is key in every aspect of what we're talking about today. You cannot get enough of that going both between your franchisees and yourself as well as yourself and your suppliers. I want to ask about a third element in this conversation as pertains to those things that we're already discussing, Mike. What about private equity side? And franchisors, so many of them today are in private equity portfolios. Would your private equity company be a place to go to look for some temporary help as well? I think I would 
explore every single opportunity that you can, whether it be SBA disaster, whether it be rent abatement deferment, or seeking out private equity. My concern with the private equity is the volatility right now. Are, are they willing to step up or do we want to wait and see, see if we can get any predictability? You know, where are we in week two? And I don't know where they're at. Uh, are they able to even make the right decisions that could help because of the disruption? Right. Well, it was just a thought that occurred to me. I don't think there's any stone that should be left unturned. I don't think you're going to go out and find a private equity partner in these times. But if you've got one already, it might just wondered if that might be a place to find some short-term relief for some of those franchisors that are more in the emerging or mid-range categories than the large legacy brands that probably have some stockpiles of cash. I love it. I think it's a great idea and that should be explored. This is the time to think creative. This is the time to think outside the box. All right, Mike, let's move this down the road a little further. And you brought up the words force majeure. I want to talk about that again, too. We all know historically that any time a franchise relationship has ever been put into jeopardy, the first place that a franchisee goes to try to unravel or unwind a relationship was to say that they weren't disclosed properly. And we all know that that's been just the way it's been for years. What do you see about force majeure? Do you think that those force majeure clauses are going to start coming into play in ways that nobody ever contemplated? I think there will be several and by, I'm trying to think what word I want to convey. For every continuing legal education course offered within the next year, there will be a dedicated section on force majeure. You know, I can just imagine, you know, the most underlooked clause until now. One thing, if you want to look at your contracts, whether you're a franchisor with a lease or you want to help your franchisees, force majeure clauses, this will most likely qualify as a force majeure. But there's one key sentence you have to look for that will spell bad news for you is most of the time there is an exclusion enforce majeure clauses for monetary or financial obligation. So skim your section right now for force majeure to see if there is that. It does not apply to your monetary obligation, i.e. your obligation to pay rent or your obligation to pay royalties to your franchisor. And then I think since lawyers, we love to draft as much as we can, you're going to see a whole new section, you know, code red section that will combine force majeure, combine government shutdowns. What can the franchisee do? How can they mobilize? Um, I can see kind of a section in the franchise agreement, and I can see a big update on your, in your franchise operations manual. I hate to use another bad analogy, but I, Back to the, all the uh, movie theater and school shootings, we kind of saw a similar approach, especially when it came down to operations manuals, giving your franchisees guidance in case something terrible does happen. I can see that we're going to be doing that a lot more with the coronavirus and other situations. Well, to your point, you don't like to bring those types of things up, but we have to learn from experience and we have to learn from the past and point taken. So, Michael, m moving forward here, where do you see this going in terms of the dust settling and, and after those initial conversations have occurred, what comes next between the Zors and Zs and the legal issues that are going to be dusting up as the result of these unprecedented times? I think, unfortunately, we will see closures. Franchisees were, that were on the edge um, aren't going to be able to make this through. So I think that's something to anticipate is there will be closures uh, resulting from this. Businesses just can't survive without revenue. And even if we get low interest loans, even if we get royalty deferrals, how many businesses, once they're able to resume operations, can dig themselves out of that hole? Do you see that as well on the Zor side? I absolutely think that as well on the Zor side. How many Zors can risk losing half of their system if they have 10 franchisees and they're down to five? That's where I see there's going to be some consolidation and opportunity. Pick up some brands, brands that were good, just that couldn't make it through a government shutdown. So I definitely see that's going to be a, a, a market that's going to emerge going forward.
And as every good financial planner is telling every one of their nervous clients today, you've got a plan, weather this storm, we're going to get out of this and we'll buy low and we'll make the sunshine again down the road later. Do you see that happening as well with perhaps private equity companies waiting to see who does shake out or what shakes out? Do you think private equity will double down and buy low or do you think private equity might get spooked by all this and wonder what are we doing in franchising anyway? I think I'm optimistic here. I think there will be consolidation and acquisition. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot. Um, the virtual movement had started years ago, and I think now everyone's going to have a taste of working from home. They're not going to miss that commute. Uh, they're not going to miss parking downtown. And one of the things when I hire someone new, I say, you know, here's one benefit I'm going to give you. You are going to gain an hour a day because from the time you wake up to the time that you can actually work, you know, versus wake up, eat, get dressed, drive downtown, park, Go to your office building, go up to your elevator, get to your office, log in. So we have a taste of this virtual life. Um, you know, one of the things I keep thinking about is if you knew this was going to happen six months ago, what could you have done differently? I think this is a time for everyone to kind of see, hey, wow, I was getting metaphorically fat and it's time to slim down. You know, I'm feeling this on a personal level. We're actually going through our freezer. We're actually making sure we have the right amount of food. We're not cooking excess. We're saving. And I think that's a good reminder that, you know, given the, the economy that we had, we didn't think about this. Hmm. So think back to that six months. Okay, if I'm launching a restaurant concept or maybe I'll, I'm going to evolve into that delivery concept. How can I do that? I'm going to evolve into the all natural food. I'm going to have the, here is our protocol for making sure that everything you get from us is clean. You know, super clean environment. We have hand sanitizer. Here's why you're going to order from our restaurant because you know what you get is safe. So there's all these opportunities. And I think the franchisors and the franchisees can adapt and they will adapt. They're going to learn from this and bring some of these lessons back out when we're able to go out. What a great segue into your top 10 tips for franchising veterans to work from home. Lots of concepts out there have been opposed to the idea of, other than FranDev people, they've always been opposed to the idea of having people anywhere but central office. And literally, you know, again, strange times. We're in an environment now where we're looking at a lot of firsts, and this may be one for several of those companies. So Mike, as a veteran, take us through those top 10. And I'm going to guess that the first one has something to do with getting dressed every day and you know, acting like you're going to an office. Absolutely. 10 years I'm going on working from home. I live in Denver, Colorado. And on a snow day or blizzard, it kind of doesn't look great out. I keep my pajama pants on. They're nice, soft. Get my t-shirt on. And then I try to work. And in the back of my head, something just isn't there. And honestly, when I then say, okay, Mike, stop. And I actually go put some jeans on, do my hair a little bit. The psychological change is huge. Okay, I'm like, oh, now I'm ready to work. Even though that's the only thing that changed just that mental aspect. You know, you don't have to put your suit on, you don't have to put full makeup on, but do your hair and get dressed in a nice you know, pair of jeans. And I have to wear actually tennis shoes. I even have slippers or no, I have to get my tennis shoes on. Okay, this is work time. So my first tip is get out of the bedroom, both physically and mentally, right? If you want to work on the weekend and you pull your laptop out, and this may be in normal times, it's okay. Hey, I'm doing a bonus work on the weekend. Let me just knock these emails out. That's great for temporary. But if you are working from home regularly, you have to get out of the bedroom. I want to summarize that and say then, whatever it is you would wear to work, going to wherever it is you go today, dress the same way and just do it from home. But, and in your case, drum anybody who knows you, a pair of jeans is uniform. But if you wear a suit or you wear a jacket and slacks, get into your jacket and slacks. Just do it from home. 
keep your mind consistent with what you call your environment for work. Number two. Excellent. Set up a work area. Once again, unless it has to be the bedroom, try to find an area that could be your own, whether it's a guest bedroom, if you're fortunate to have a basement, but set up that work area. I currently have a nine, eight, and six-year-old, but when I started Drumlaw, we had younger kids, and I remember being on a conference call with the opposing counsel, and all of a sudden I look up, and there's a two-year-old in my office. And anyone who's had a two-year-old knows you can't just ask them to leave. And if you even try to forcibly remove them, that usually is going to result in screaming. So one of the tips I learned early on, I got an electronic door lock with a code. And uh, my wife has the code and I have the code, but the kids do not. So basically separating them, uh, physically separating them from uh, your work area. Here's a tip, if you can't have that physical area, let's just pretend you're in that studio apartment or there is no separate room, set up a technological work area. And my favorite piece of technology noise canceling headphones. I use Bose, but Sony has a great pair as well. And I love the commercial stand of Aaron Rodgers walking through the Chicago Bears stadium. Everyone's throwing and yelling and he's got his Bose headphones and classical music. And I can be on my laptop upstairs in the family room and there is fighting and I have my FDDs in front of me, but I have my headphones on and I kind of feel like I'm separated, isolated in that own workspace. So you can, if you can't have your physical workspace, Work on getting your technological work. Great insight, Mike. Take us to the next one. Where do you go from here? Okay, so after we have a work area, let's talk about a workstation. Once again, if you have the laptop that you checked out and worked out on the weekends for 10 minutes or an hour, that may not be ideal. You're trying to keep your productivity up. As a lawyer, my tools are my computers. So I have two 46-inch monitors and a 28-inch monitor. I run a three-monitor setup. I think in this world, we're kind of on the two-monitor setup at a minimum. So if you are at home, may have to revisit. Is your 13-inch laptop going to be good enough for several weeks? And another tip that I got was you can actually get a USB additional monitor. They're about $100 on Amazon, and that way you can add it to your current laptop. But set up your workstation so that you can be the most productive. Do you need to buy a bigger monitor that you can plug your laptop into? Do you need a coffee maker? I love my morning cup of coffee. I'm sure most people do. You may have been able to get your Starbucks, you know, on the lobby, in the lobby, on the way up to your workspace. You can't do that. So if you need your coffee, think about getting a coffee maker and maybe getting some Starbucks coffee for home. Perfectly sensible. Let's move on to the next one, which talks about the psychology of who knows where you are beyond yourself. So the one thing, and this was a, what I struggled with when I started drum law. Uh, I was still a younger attorney and I wanted to hide my virtualness. No one would know. I have a website, you got an address. So people did not know that I was a virtual law firm. Years later, we embraced the fact that we're a virtual law firm. But my tip here is don't let people know you're working from home unless you want them to. Or people should only know that you're working from home if you tell them. So let's not have the dogs barking in the background if we can. Let's not have the TV going. Make sure that you can convey the professionalism. You know, as a lawyer, people pay for my advice, and I think they would not be happy if they're paying for my advice and trying to hear it or hear me repeat myself over my dog barking. So they should only know if you're working from home if you tell them. And I think they'll be a little more forgiving in this current situation, but still try to maintain that professional. All good ideas, Mike. All good input. Moving on to number six, you have the communication issue with your spouse and kids and uh, significant others as well. I mean, it's not just you who has to get ready and gear up for facing work from the home environment, but your spouse and your roommates and cohabitants in your work slash home environment have to get on board 
board too. And this one's great. And this one's one I struggle with. And even after 10 years, I still have to remind my wife, uh, I work in the basement and hey, Mike, can you come up here and help me? And I'm on a call. I have to remind them, hey, can you please not do this? Not shout. You never know what I'm doing. I may be on a phone call or I may be available. So work with your family and set up that communication. Here is my plan. I will come join you for lunch, but I'm going to be working from 9 to 12, or I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z, um, and let them know. Or it's like, hey, listen, this is going to be a one-way thing. You're going to have to leave me alone unless the house is on fire, but I may need my 10-minute break. So I may come upstairs or come out of the office and interact with you, but if can, from 9 to 5, go on my schedule so I can get the work done, if at all possible. And talking about breaks, you have to be certain that you actually program those for yourself too, don't you? Absolutely. This is a productivity hack that I've been trying to do, and this will help even in normal time. Schedule your day, at least by the hour, and it doesn't matter if you have to adjust or you don't get through the schedule as you anticipated. But by giving thought to your day, whether including work time and break time, you're going to be more productive. And then it'll set your expectations with your kids, especially if your kids are homeschooled right now, which is uh, most of the most of the younger kids, and it's been a struggle. I have to kind of schedule breaks to help my wife out because she is homeschooling three kids, and that's a challenge. So talk about that, and it's, again, a great segue into the next piece on the chart, which is keeping your meeting schedules. You know, it's interesting. It's been tough, right? I've been reading social media, reading the news. It's just the click, click, click. Try to remain focused on being productive. You know, some of the best moments the last week or two have been when I have been able to put the Bose headphones on and get some work done. So keep your meetings. Don't push it off because you can't. You know, what, what you don't do today will still be there tomorrow. So try to stay on track. Try to do whatever you can to keep the ball rolling. It'll help your health, sanity, and it'll help your business. We're coming around the final curve here, Mike. Let's talk about some of the downsides. And there are risks involved in working from home and doing your business from home. Let's dial into some of those. I think the biggest risk right now is technology. I don't think the spammers and the hackers are going to stop and they're not going to take a break because of the coronavirus. The IRS is still calling me, but the good news is if I call them right back, they're going to let me fix it with an Amazon or iTunes gift card. You know, the prince of Nigeria still needs money. This is an opportunity for hackers to hack your network, to go after people who aren't used to working from home and are exposing your uh, infrastructure. So work with your company and your IT firm to make sure that what you're doing is uh, you're not exposing your company. That's a big business risk there. And then, you know, as a lawyer, you know, I have to be careful I have confidential information. If I'm working from home, I'd better have a shredder. I better not print and throw out in the regular trash. All of my ethical obligations survive whether I work from home or work from an office. And that's what you have to make sure that you follow all those. And it can be easy to forget about little things like that. And number 10, rounding it all out, deals with us personally, although I would argue that number 10 to me, I think has similar implications, whether you're in a home office or an office that's got a well-stocked break room. But take it away anyway, Mike. So stay away from the fridge. Do what I say, not what I do, <laughs> as, as of morning's evidence. We are in a stressful time. You may not be used to having a fully stocked fridge with all the things that you like available anytime you want. And I, I agree with you. There was always a secretary that had M&Ms right outside the door, <laughs> and we had all the fountain soda at work. So in some regards, it may be better because you can plan healthier snacks at home. But try to, once again, minimize going to the fridge. Otherwise you will be getting new pants when you go back to the <laughs> office. So some of the sayings I always think about when I work from home is, you know, am I always home or am I always working? And that's why the scheduling your day matters. And then there is a lot of great technology out there. Back to the risk. Make sure you have antivirus software, whether you're working personally. I think that there's a lot of vulnerability 
And I think hackers and spammers will take advantage of this. Another great piece of technology, Google Voice. You're now working from home. You may not want to give everyone your personal cell phone number. A Google Voice number, you can give them the Google Voice number, you can text from the computer, and you can have it ring your cell phone. Here's another key technology uh, recommendation. Stay in touch with your team. Uh, we use Slack, Skype is great, there's Zoom, but we have a great Slack channel where we're sharing all the homeschooling memes, we're sharing all the coronavirus memes, and it's kind of that water cooler talk, right? That's not done over the phone or email. So if you don't already have a group channel for your team, get one. That helps keep sanity during this crazy time. Um, so take a look at that and then get a headset. I love my headset so much. I have two of them. And if my headset were to be broken, I would not have my calls. I cannot talk on the phone anymore without having a headset. So make sure you have the technology that you need to be productive at home. Mike, these are great insights. And literally, these are things that we take for granted because I think we each spend a fair amount of our time working virtually. I know I do. I've got a great office in Buckhead, but I spend more time virtual than I do heading into the office on days that I don't necessarily have meetings to attend or people that I have to see. And I feel like it's something that our franchise brethren are going to be taking a much closer look at. And I think your insights have been extremely helpful. I want to round this out with one last question on the current day and just ask as we are in the height of renewal season, Mike, what are franchisors and attorneys facing now above and beyond the usual crunch time to get it all done and, and how best to administer that? So great question. And an email just came across my desk. I keep in touch with a lot of fellow franchise lawyers and the, t the question is very timely. Will item 19 need to be adjusted to reflect the unknown with coronavirus and what are we're going to do with item 20. So this is a crazy time as everyone knows. Item 19, this is going to be your financial performance representation. How good did my franchisees do last year? You know, there must be a reasonable basis to give an item 19. And given where we're at, it's going to be a challenge. But I do think that you will be able to give your normal item 19, which usually is the last fiscal year. I would definitely try adding a sentence as of the issuance date there is a lot going on and our item 19 may need to be adjusted going forward based on this information. That's definitely something I think we're gonna have to have, but I think you can still make an item 19 because otherwise no one's allowed to put any financial information out there because everyone is in this together. Item 20, what I am going to do for all of our clients and I would recommend the same, you know, item 20 has all your charts of franchisee. What I'm going to do is put an asterisk and say, as of the issuance date of this FDD, many of our stores, several of our stores or a number of our stores or locations are temporarily closed. We do not know when or if these stores will reopen. I think that will help deal with once the dust settles and we see what's left, where our item 20 will be. If we lost half our system, that could be a material disclosure that we don't know what's going to happen and we still want to go forward, which I think we chatted about this going forward with your FD. Most franchise disclosure documents will expire April 19th in California and April 30th everywhere. Several states, Maryland and Virginia right now are granting a temporary reprieve if for the deadline. Um, I would recommend if you are able to finish your FDD now, I would recommend that you do it. Um, getting franchise documents registered in states has been a challenge. You know, New York has been up to eight months. And even if you have some of these reprieves, once the dust settles, the sun comes out, all of the extensions will disappear. And then you're gonna be dealing with the same issue that we deal with every year, trying to get registered in these registration states when you have two or three examiners trying to review thousands of FDDs. So one possible advantage of working from home right now is you can focus on getting your document ready because when when this is over hopefully sooner 
rather than later, the franchisors are able to act fast, sell franchises, take advantage of all of these locations that may be open, the labor market or excess inventory. They're going to need to be registered. And I think they'll have a leg up over everyone else who waited and now we're at the bottom of the pile. Great advice, Mike. And as always, very, very insightful and very, very timely. Mike, we've kind of rounded out the time we've got together here. Before I let you go, though, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell the audience how they can find you and continue this conversation on either front. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. I wish I were talking about something different. But as Benjamin Franklin said, we can all hang alone or we can all hang together. Uh, so let's hang together. You can find us at drumlaw, D-R-U-M-M-L-A-W.com. I'm not going anywhere for at least the next month or two. All right, Mike, I hope to see you on the franchise trail. Three conferences, major conferences already canceled in, in the most recent couple of weeks, and I'm certain that there will be more to come. But I like your expression about the sun's going to be back out and shining bright again. And when it does, I look forward to seeing you, my friend. Thank you so much, Dan. Likewise. Mike Drum, franchise lawyer extraordinaire and great wisdom on both fronts on dealing with the situation in the here and now and helping you to think ahead as to how to get virtual in your day-to-day business. I'm going to post a link to Mike's tips to my Franchise Today Facebook page so that you can all reference these again and encourage you to please heed the advice being served by those who know. Minimize unnecessary interaction with others whether you deem yourselves to be sick or not. Like everything in franchising, we're all in it together and the action of a few can have tremendous implications on the many. So please behave responsibly and hopefully we'll all have a shot at getting out of this mess sooner than later with the ability to make a stronger and speedier recovery. Next week, I'm back with Steve Jackson, CEO of the iconic Hungry Howies. In his 45 years in this business, he's seen it all and he'll be here to talk about some of the impact that he and his franchisees and executives are experiencing as they navigate these uncharted waters across their nearly 550 store chain of takeout and delivery pizza shops across 21 states. For now, stay safe, do the best you can, and I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.